بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمد ونصلي على رسول الكريم ما بعد ونبي سعيد عبد الرحمن بن سمر رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قال لي رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا عبد الرحمن بن سمر لا تسأل الإمارة فإنك إن أعطيتها عن غير مسألة وإنت عليها وإن أعطيتها عن مسألة وكلت إليها وإذا حلفت على يمين فرأيت غيرها خيرا منها فأت الذي هو خير وكفر عن يمينك متفق عليه complete the hadith we began the discussion yesterday Abu Sa'id Abdul Rahman bin Samula radiyallahu ta'ala who says that once Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam advised me and said O Abdul Rahman bin Samura never ever ask to be made an Amir or a leader because this is a position that if you are given it without asking then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will assist you in fulfilling its requirements however if it is given to you because you asked for it or made effort for it, then you will be handed over to it. This part of the hadith we discussed yesterday already. The second part, وَإِذَا حَلَفْتَ عَلَى يَمِينٍ That, O oh, Abdul Rahman, when you take an oath, as we mentioned, taking an oath, taking qasam on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's name, this is not something that should be taken lightly, nor should it become a habit or pillow talk or something that we do just on the cusp of the moment or on the spur of the moment. This is something that is a very grave and a serious matter, taking qasam and oath on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's name. However, if a person has to take an oath, that I take Allah's qasam, I take an oath that I'm going to do something or I'm not going to do something. Then Rasulullah sallallahu says, after taking the oath, you realize that betterment is in something else. In other words, if you break your oath or break your qasam, then that would be more expedient. What you took an oath to do or not to do is not the right thing. The correct thing is to actually go against your qasam or your oath. Then what should you do? In this Instance or circumstance, Rasulullah said, Break the qasam. Break the oath and do that in which there is khair or betterment. Obviously, in the context of the hadith, first and foremost, this refers to a leader or an amir. If he has taken an oath, because of his position of authority, sometimes you find such people are more prone towards taking qasam or oath. They give in to their emotions and in the spur of the moment, I'm going, I take Allah's qasam, I'm going to do this, I'm not going to do that. And then he realizes thereafter that, you know, this is not the right thing. The right thing is to go contrary to that. So the advice Rasulullah gives is that break the qasam, and do that in which there is khair. In other words, swallow your pride and go in the correct direction. So far as the qasam is concerned, what do you do about that? Kafir an yaminik, expiate that particular qasam. In other words, give kafara. What is the kafara? If you take a qasam and an oath and thereafter you break the oath, the masla is that you have to feed the poor if you have to feed ten poor people for a single day or clothe them. 
In other words, give ten poor hungry people food in one day. Feed them, that is the kafara for the qasam. Or you have to give them clothes, ten clothes, ten people. And if you are not able to do that, if you cannot afford that, then you have to fast for three days. That is what we call kafara or the means by which you will expiate a qasam or an oath which you took. وَنَبِي ذَرِّ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعْلَى نُقَالَ قَالَ لِي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ يَا أَبَا ذَرْ إِنِّي أَرَاكَ ضَعِيفًا وَإِنِّي أُحِبُّ لَكَ مَا أُحِبُّ لِنَفْسِي لَا تأمر لا تَأَمَّرَنَّ عَلَى إِثْنَيْنِ وَلَا تَوَلَّيَنَّ مَا لَيَتِيمِ رواه مسلم وعنه يعني عن أبي ذر قال قلت يا رسول الله ألا تستعملني فضرب بيده على منكبي ثم قال يا أبا ذر إنك ضعيف وإنها أمانة وإنها, وإنها يوم القيامة خزي وندامة إلا من أخذها بحقها وأدى الذي عليه فيها رواه مسلم I've read two ahadith The narrator of both the ahadith Abu Zar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu I've read both the ahadith together because the subject matter in the both ahadith are very similar. Just to refresh our memories, the chapter which we are dealing with is the prohibition from asking to be made an amir or a leader and that this is something that we should abstain from. Abu Zar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, in order to understand the subject matter of this hadith, we should realize uh, we should keep in mind a little bit of background about this particular sahabi he was a sahabi who was extremely what we call ascetically minded he did not care for anything of this dunya no love or attachment to anything in this dunya whatsoever in fact he would take it to a very extreme or a very high level to such a level that others could not bear the level that Abu Zar radiallahu ta'ala anhu himself had reached so far as abstinence from the dunya and from any, any of the attractions of this world are concerned. In fact, Abu Zar radiallahu ta'ala anhu went to such a level that he would feel that to gather any wealth is not even permissible. In other words, to accumulate wealth even if you are discharging and paying the zakat of it. Obviously the masla is that if a person accumulates wealth in this world and 12-month period passes over it, in other words his zakat year, then there is no problem in it as long as he discharges the zakat, which is the obligatory section that is 2.5% of that wealth. Abu Zar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, such was his aversion to any attraction of this world, that he reached such a level that as far as he was concerned, to amass any wealth was not permissible. You had to give it away. Don't keep any dunya with you. Even if you were paying the zakat, then too it won't be permissible to amass any of the wealth of this world. That was Abu Zar radiallahu ta'ala anhu's mizaj and his temperament. We find that, for example, once someone asked Bayezid Bustami rahmatullahi that what is the zakat on 40 dinars? What is the zakat on 40 dinars? 
To this he responded and he said, for you it is one dinar. In other words, two and a half percent. But for me it is 41 dinars. So they said, what do you mean by that? So the answer he gave was this, that the one dinar I would have to give is because obviously it is zakat or it is farz. And the other 40 dinar would be a penalty that I had to give that why did I accumulate 40 dinars by me in the first place. So in other words, this was the type of standard of asceticism which he set for himself. Shariat and deen is easy, it has to be accessible to everyone. So obviously, this is not the actual masla, but sometimes a person individually develops himself to a very, very high level of piety or asceticism, etc. As long as he is able to maintain that, then there is no problem with that. But that will be for him. He cannot force it upon others. That which is not farz or obligatory cannot be imposed upon others because they will not be able to maintain that. So the reason I am giving this background of Abu Zarr is for us to understand the subject matter of this hadith. Abu Zarr narrates that once Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam personally advised me, qala li Rasulullah, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam addressed him directly and said, Ya Abu Dhar, O Abu Dhar, I can see that you are da'if, you are weak. Qurtubi rahimahullah mentions wajhu du'afihi anna al-ghalib alayhi kana zahadata wa ihtiqar al-dunya wal-i'arad anha wa man kana kadalik lam yu'tan bimasalih al-dunya find that English, unfortunately, it's very, very difficult to do justice to translating Arabic when it comes to the English language. For example, if you look at the word da'if, da'if, literal translation means you are weak, or it has connotations of being inept or being incapable. However, in the context of Abu Zarr radiallahu ta'ala anhu, these words of Rasulullah sallallahu that were directed to him, that, O oh, Abu Zarr, inni innaka da'if, inni araka da'ifan, I see that you are weak, does not mean inept. What it actually refers to is that Abu Zar, his abstinence, his dislike, his hatred for anything to do with the dunya, he didn't want anything of this world, made it such that in the matter of administrating wealth, in the matter of administrating wealth, he lacked capability. He was not someone who you could leave some money with and will be able to invest it properly or will be able to utilize that money in such a way that he will cause it to profit or to increase. He was something that he was someone who had a great aversion to wealth. He would just give it away. He didn't want it with him at all. In fact, as far as he was concerned, it was haram for him to keep that wealth with him. So in this context, Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam advises Abu Zar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, inni araka da'ifan. That, oh Abu Zar, I can see that you are weak. Wa inni uhibbu laka ma uhibbu li nafsi. And oh Abu Zar, I love for you what I love for myself. So because of that, I am giving you this advice. What advice? Oh Abu Zar, do not 
ever become a leader or a Amir even over two people. In other words, forget becoming a leader or an Amir or a governor of an entire vicinity or area. Even over two people, never put yourself or allow yourself to come into such a situation that you are made an Amir. And, وَلَا تَوَلَّيَنَّ مَالَ يَتِيمٍ And, O oh Abu Zar, never ever take on the responsibility of looking after the wealth of the orphans. So there are two advices which Nabi Pak gives to Abu Zar Unfortunately, because of time constraints, we're not able to complete this hadith now. But in this hadith, even though it may seem very simple, I'm reiterating, I'm repeating the translation, there are literally very, very great pearls of advice, oceans of wisdom contained in these words of Rasulullah sallallahu and they require a great deal of detail for us to properly benefit from it. Just to repeat it, Nabi sallallahu said to Abu Zar that, Oh Abu Zar, I notice so I can see that you are weak. And I love for you that which I love for myself. So I am advising you, never ever become Amir or a leader, even if it is over only two people. Still never ever become an Amir. Why? Because I can see that you are weak. And the second is never ever take on the responsibility of looking after the wealth of the orphans. As I mentioned, there is much detail in it. Inshallah, we'll continue.